Praise God. Well, I'm glad y'all are all here this morning. Look at somebody around you again to say, man, I'm glad you showed up. Praise God. All y'all out there watching today, I'm glad you tuned in. You know, it's always hard as a, as a pastor, always feel pressure, you know, at, at, at different seasons, you know, that you got to preach this traditional message. And so I'm not this morning. Just give you the heads up on that. And uh, I, I really, you know, I, I'm feeling like the, the times right now, I'm excited. I love Christmas. Amen. You're not closing my Christmas down. Bless God. I love Christmas. And uh, I love the, the whole, uh, you know, uh, everything about Christmas. Anyway, I love to eat. Dr. Brown, I'm sorry I ate sugar that day. Man, I just went for it. Paid for it, but I did it. Tasted good when it went down. Got to go do extra walking today. But anyway, um, I love everything about Christmas. And, and I feel at this time, I feel kind of like, you know, Esther, when um, they, you know, when, when, when she was there and, and she was told it's for, your, for a time such as this, you were born. It was just your, it's your moment. I feel like we're in that time period, church. I feel like as Christians, we're in that moment, that time that each and every one of us were born for this time that we're in right now for a specific reason and a purpose. I can't tell you the, all the, the details of it. I don't know, but I just know God is about to do something big. I know that we're going to see God more manifest than ever before in our lives. I know that people are going to wake up and quit playing church and become church. Hello? I believe preachers are going to rise up and start preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus. I believe we're set for a giant harvest. I believe that we're in a time here that people are going to be turning their lives to Christ, either for the first time or renewing their relationships with Jesus. Amen? I, I believe Jesus is coming back. I know he's coming back. I just don't know exactly when. Amen? But I, I just believe, listen to me right now, I, I got to tell y'all, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe, maybe y'all aren't, um, maybe you're just living your life and not paying attention to what's going on. But I want to tell you that as I go and I view and I talk to people and, 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 and see what people are saying and, and look around at people, I realize that there's a whole lot of people who have already given up on any sort of a fight. I realize there's a lot of people just kind of like, settling down and uh, just kind of going to decide they're just going to live and tolerate uh, their life and what's going on, and we'll just have to live like this. Y'all following me? I don't know if you're talking to people like that or not, but people are just becoming apathetic. They're just becoming complacent. They're just kind of saying, well, I guess, you know, we're just going to do this. But I want to tell you something. I don't feel like that at all. I feel like now's the day and the time that we're right on the, 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 the edge of revolution I, 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 and, and revelation and revolt all in the, tied up together and mixed up in a big ball and just ready to be unleashed, right? I, I, I'm, I feel like now's the day and time that I, as a pastor, have called to this time and this, this moment to stand here and prod y'all with a hot shot and prod everybody with the, with the word going out to people to say, wake up, stop, look at what's going on, get hold of yourselves. We're Christians. Amen. Listen to me. It's not a game. Hallelujah. It's real. Jesus is real, right? It's not just, you know, it's not just 
Santa Claus and presents and whatever. This is real. This is this Bible's real. And you got to understand something. We're living for eternity. We are not living for this earth. Hear me now. I, like I said, I love the things. I, like we like to, I love to celebrate Christmas, right? I like to be around there. But what is Christmas like in heaven? You ever think about that one? What is it like on the other side? Walking in the revelation, the reality that we're living on this earth for a lotted number of years. And no matter how much you amass and how much of a great legacy you you have in life on this earth, when you step on the other side, man, that's eternity. That's what you're going to be in forever. So the obvious thing is, is you should be planning now for then. Right. Not planning now for just retirement. Right. You're planning for eternity. So I feel like I feel like this morning I got some shaking I want to do this morning. But I know that God is merciful. Sometimes I don't like that about him, to be honest with you. I want mercy. But I'm not, you know, really giving mercy all that much. I'm ready for God to do something, God to move. But I know that God is merciful. And I know that God is giving men a chance to repent. And uh, and fall into his plan of what he wants to do in America and on earth. All right. And so I was praying. I was reading. And I want you to go to Matthew chapter 14. Get your Bibles out and go to Matthew 14, 28. I just want to look at this story just real quick. It's a story where Jesus is walking on the water. And. Uh, I've told you all this before that, you know, every time I have a question about the Bible or a question about something I. And, and I don't can't find the answer just right then. I know it's true because the word says it. So but I just don't know how. And I'm trying to ask the Lord. I always call in myself. I call putting it on the back burner. You know, I just I, I, if I don't know, I just kind of set it on the back burner of my stove and say, OK, just let it simmer back here for a little bit. You know, someday, Lord, you're going to reveal it to me. And so this is always one of those stories because I'm just one of those people that just have a big imagination. And so I always wonder, how did it work? When he walked on the water. I mean, I can't wait to see the DVD on this one, right? I mean, you know, uh, my mind is thinking, because it was wind blowing and the waves are coming. So were the waves parting, like partings of little red seas, you know, in front of him? Was it solid, like a sidewalk? Was it just solid under each step he took? You know, these are the things I'm thinking about. But anyway, I want to read the story to you. I mean, Matthew 14, 28 is where I want to pick it up. It says that Peter answered him and said, Lord, is it you? Because he's already come to him. They see him out there. He's standing on the water. And he said, command me to come to you on the water. Now, I love Peter having the boldness to step out on the water. But I want to tell each and every one of you this morning, it's time for all Christians to step out, get out of the boat and get out on the water. This is a time that we need to get out of the boat and get on the water. You need to be known as a radical Christian. Are you with me? Your friends need to know you're a radical Christian. All the people around you need to know you're a radical Christian. If anybody wants to know what you believe, you believe the word of God's true. They said, well, to explain it to it, you had to say, I don't, can't explain everything. I just know the Bible's true, and it's going to come down. God's going to have victory, and that's the way it is. And either get in or get out. So Peter said, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Jesus is saying to each and every one of you this morning, just believe in me. Have trust in me. Have faith in me. 
Come on, get out of the boat. Step out on the waters. Watch that I won't provide for you. Watch that I won't do miracles for you. Watch that I won't bless you. Watch that I won't be right there with you. Watch that I won't get all your family saved and get them everything right. Watch that I won't do you. Come on. But believe me. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to see Jesus. Now, the other thing I've always wondered about is Peter getting out of the boat, because I don't think that, you know, it wasn't like they were in a John boat. Right. They were in a boat boat, so he had to come down. So I don't know, you know, that stepping over the boat, hanging down the side. I don't know if he went down a rope or whatever. I mean, there was some distance there. And I don't know if Peter was like testing it out, you know, like, you know, am, am I, is it hard or what am I going to do this? You know, but that would have been a sight to see. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. So that's what's happening to a lot of Christians right now. You're looking at the news. You're looking at the, 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 the what's going on, because I want to tell you something. It is a dancing horde of demons running around, just dancing and jumping, mocking the spirit of the living God, mocking church, mocking Christianity, mocking anything that's good, dancing and jumping. We won. We won. We won. We're going to do this. We're going to do that every day on the news. There's more craziness. There's more chaos. Yes, they're taking it further and they're taking it further and they're taking it further. But people that get too much rope in their hand usually hang themselves. But Peter began to look at the wind. As a Christian, you cannot look at the wind. There's only one thing you can look at, and that's the word of the living God. Because I'm telling you, folks, the answer that you have to, I mean, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you believe that God is real? All right. And if he is real, is this word true? And if his word's true, then the only thing left to do is to do it. Amen. There's really no other questions. Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, man, this is just the Christmas message I needed. <clears throat> so people are looking at the wind. They're saying, oh, look, look what's happened. We're going to do this, and then that's going to happen, and then this is going to happen. And oh, gosh, oh, and it's gonna, I guess we're just going to have to learn to live with it. And I'm telling you, I'm not living with it. All right. I'm not living with it. I'm not putting up and, 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 and living with it. OK, I don't even want to get into what I'm not living with. That's a whole nother message. But I'm saying I ain't living with it. Are they or them? OK, so he began to sink and then he cried out. What did he do? He's sinking. He was just walking on the water. Do you see how quickly he went from standing in the miracle? Woo! I'm walking in the water to sinking and thinking he's going to die. See, we're like that. Folks, I tell you, all of us are like that. When you get under the pressure, sometimes you start to crater and you start to think crazy, stupid thoughts like, oh, God has forsaken us. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. Oh, and then, you know, uh, the, the, the enemy just starts doing psychological warfare on you until you finally start giving in and you're sinking. But then, you know, praise God, Peter had the sense of what to do. He turned and said to Jesus, Lord, save me. Did he think he was just going to let him die? Was Jesus just going to stand there on the water? As he watched Peter sink. I mean, come on. I mean, didn't he know Jesus better than that? Jesus wasn't going to let him die. But I mean, that's was what Peter went from. Look at me, I'm walking on the water to, oh God, I'm going to die right in front of Jesus. And we don't even know the distance from the boat and how far he made it. That's pretty sad, isn't it? But I tell you, we Christians are doing it. We're, we're going to pray. We're going to see God prevail. 
Oh, gosh. What happened? They won't hear Trump's court case. Oh, gosh. <gasps> What's going to happen now? And then we're like, then we kind of get ourselves built back up and we're like, yes, we will prevail. Oh, gosh. Supreme Court wouldn't do anything. Uh, Texas put a nail in there. Yes, Texas will do it. Oh. <laughs> and we're just like Peter. We're out of the boat. We're just barely going along. We've been walking on ground. So, yeah, look at what God's going to do. All of a sudden, we're just like singing, Lord, save me. I'm here today to tell you Jesus is not going to let you drown. Amen. I'm here today God is, and to tell you God is not going to let America drown. I'm telling you today God is not going to let America, who is built on a, 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 a nation of righteousness, he's not going to let America fall. He's not going to let America drown. We're not going to shut Christmas down. We're not going to turn into communist China. Hello? Did you know they're not having Christmas today in communist China? At least not nationally. Or not today, but when Christmas comes. There are Christians hiding Having Christmas. But the country's not, they ain't got no, they ain't got no Holly Reese out. They're commies. They don't believe in God. Are you listening to me here? And that's what they want for all the world. We suffer, you suffer too. We want it even. No one's happy. We're communists. Everybody's got the same clothes. Take that red dress off. Put the gray one on. It's the truth. I'll never forget when I was in the Ukraine, we went into the department store. And they said, oh, yes, we have many clothes. And they were proud of it. We have many clothes in our department. And I went in there, and there was a shelf just stacked full of white shirts and gray shirts. There were black pants, and there were gray pants. And I was like... And I, I remember the guys looking at it like this, and I guess he was looking at me, trying to judge what I was thinking. They were kind of like proud of it. No, we're not a poor country. Look at all the clothes we have. And I said, you got anything in another color? And it just, it, I remember seeing his face. It went over him like, wow, you're right. We don't have any other colors. Like, yes, yeah, because you've been communist. Peter was right there. He's beginning to think he's going to die. He thought Jesus is going to let him die. I'm telling you, God is not going to let America die, folks. I'm telling you, this, this republic, this great country that we live in, the United States of America, and in whom God we trust, is not going down. Amen. Listen to me. The devil's not going to win. Amen. He's jumping around having a heyday, but hey, man, Sunday's coming. I'm telling you. So I was praying about that. I said, Lord... I read it because I came into it in my daily reading. I was reading it, and the Lord was speaking this to me and seeing this. And I was like, you still had never given me the real answer about how it was. Was it a sidewalk? Did the waves split? Was it just your step was firm? How was it? And I heard him speak so clearly to me, and take it for what it's worth. He said, Robert, you've you got to understand, the ground underneath me is always solid because I'm the rock. And I was like... That's right. Anything you built on you, you're the rock. It's always solid underneath you, Jesus. There ain't nothing going to fall. When you're standing in Jesus and you're in Jesus, you're on the rock, and it don't make any difference what you're on, water, ground, lava, it's still firm because he's the rock. And this country is built on the rock, and it is not going to falter. So let's think about this for a minute. I love God. I love Jesus, love everything about him, but sometimes I, I'll admit I question what he's doing. I, that's not a bad thing. We talk about this all the time. I'm just like, Lord, why would you do it that way? So 
He's going to defeat the devil. He's going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And he chooses the weapon to do it with as a baby born in a manger. Not even in royalty, not even in the king's palace, but a baby born in a feed trough. Now, I want you to understand this this morning. Hear me good. That's because God is so confident that he's God that he takes the most innocent little something and says, I'll defeat the death, hell, and the grave with a baby. He's not worried. Listen to me. God changed everything, defeated death, hell, and the grave with a little baby born. Oh, do you realize today if a baby was born in a manger, how many, and and they were going to like video it, like you were like country girl decides to have baby in a manger out in a stable with the animals and the things that go along with animals. They'd be out there. They'd have every health person out there, everything in the world saying that kid's going to die. He's going to get some kind of toxic something. He's going to get catch this or that or the other. There ain't no way he could do it. What are you talking about that? Can you imagine that today? What would have gone on? But oh, Mary, she just goes out there, this little young woman who just got through riding a donkey, bouncy, 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 all over there, gets, doesn't even get a room out in the stable. Man, Mary's another one, you know. I don't believe we should worship Mary, but my hat's off to the girl. Go through all of that, get out there, and then your husband, I mean, and not just lose it at the time, said, I can't believe you did this time, hey. And this is the best you can do is a stable. Get that cow's tail out of here. But you see, 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, Isaiah had prophesied. We read in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse evil and to choose good. Now, do you know Isaiah, the morning that he got up, felt like a prophecy is coming on. Somebody get the scribe to write this prophecy down. I feel the Lord stirring on the inside of me. And he gets up and he says, Oh, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she called his name Emmanuel. And he's like, what? Right? I mean, 700 years before Jesus is born, he prophesies this. He knows it's the Spirit of God. He knows it's stern, but it, he's prophesying about the Messiah coming, but, I mean, he did, it, it didn't happen in his lifetime. So... What I'm saying is, again, here's God 700 years ahead of time telling them what the plan was. Do you know that there's over 24 prophecies fulfilled in just the birth of Jesus by going to, to, to Galilee, going into Nazareth, going to the, uh, uh, the, the, the stable, all the things that have, there's over 24 Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in just Jesus coming in there. The Pharisees and the Sadducees who knew the Bible forwards and backwards should have known everything about Jesus, should have known everything that was laid out, had all the prophecies picked out, laid out, because God told them through the prophets, it was always coming, it was always coming, it was always coming. But then he came, but nobody knew it. And just put yourself in this position. There were people in comfort in the inn who got in in time. But everybody was mad at that time. They were mad because the governor, who was a Roman, had called a census to be taken. So everybody, 
had to travel from wherever they were to this place that all been inconvenienced. Their lives had been uprooted. They didn't want to be there. The Romans are telling them what to do. They were mad about the whole situation. They showed up. I do not think there was necessarily joy in the city because people were discomforted. And when people get discomforted, I don't care who you are, what you are, you grumble. And so there's murmuring and grumbling and probably fighting between husband and wife. And why don't you get a new donkey? That stupid thing out there doesn't even know how to walk right, you know? There was something going on. That's the roughest donkey I ever rode. Something was happening. I guarantee you what? Something was going on. So Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, was fulfilling prophecies that had been prophesied at least 700 years prior, was fulfilling prophecy. Well, actually, it was more than that because I'll give you another one here. Thousands of years before, he's fulfilling prophecy. The Son of God, the, the Savior of the world, the, the, is coming into, in, to ex, in, into existence here on this earth Yet people didn't even notice it that were probably right on the other side of the barn. Only people who were hungry. Only people who were looking. Only people who were sensitive to the moving of the Spirit of God were coming. There were some wise men coming. It took them two years to get there before Jesus, after Jesus was born. They didn't show up that night. I don't want to blow your, your happy thought, but it took them two years to get there. The shepherds show up that night. They were out in the field feeding the sheep, and then the next thing you know, they got angels flying around. It says all kinds of angels, the little fat, dumpy ones, the big warring angels, the singing angels, all kinds of angels flying around everywhere shouting. And they're like, whoa, we better go see what this is, okay? So a bunch of smelly shepherds come in. Now, I don't know about you women, but if you just got through delivering a baby in a manger, trying to keep it together because you know that Jesus or God has told you that Jesus is the son of God going to come into this world. You're trying to keep it together. And the next thing you know, you got a herd of smelly shepherds all gawking at you. Seems to me like that's just really working up a situation, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, another scripture prophesied Isaiah 9, 1 says, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. And when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards a heavy, heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them, a light has shined. You have a multitude, the nations, and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of the burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior scandal was a noisy battle, and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. You see that? Be no end? Upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time for, forward ever, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts has performed it. In other words, he's saying there's an oppression upon the land. Folks, listen to me right now. Christians are not a favorite topic in America. 
The devil is working overtime to shut the church of the Lord Jesus Christ down around the world. All right? Shut them down. Shut down Christmas. Don't have anybody come to your house. Goodness gracious. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I read it, but it's hard for me to understand it until the other day when uh, some People that I know have some friends in California, and they told me that even if you go barbecue in your backyard, you and your wife, you get the grill out, smoke starts coming up, and you've got like a privacy fence, their neighbors will call the cops on you because you may be having a party over there. The cops will show up at your house, shut you down, if you've got more than you and your wife there. What kind of a world do we live in today that you can't barbecue in your backyard? I mean, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of things, messing with our barbecue. All right? But I'm saying this is the world we live in. It's a world of oppression. It's a world of the devil is trying right now to paint a picture before all of y'all that the Christian world has lost, that we are not going to win, that we're going to kill babies. We're going to do whatever we want to do. We're going to run rampant. We're going to get an LGBT agenda. We're going to get everything out there in the world you want. We're going to stack it up against you Christians because you guys are racist. You guys are haters. And we you're not right, we're going to put you down. That's what the world's saying right now. In America. Hello. And I'm just telling you, according to Isaiah here, 9, it says when the oppression comes and the rod of the oppressor comes, it says God's going to bring joy for all of his people. Ooh. Did y'all know that tomorrow, tomorrow's the 21st, correct? Monday, the 21st. That the stars are lining up, and for the first time in 800 years, we have a Bethlehem star in the sky? I don't know. You think that means something? Or do you think, oh, well, sometimes they did, sometimes the planets do, and sometimes the planets don't. I'm just saying, there's so many signs going on around here now that it just seems to me that you have to be a complete imbecile not to realize that something is about to happen. We're trying to shut Listen, just, just look at it this way, because I don't believe in just coincidences. So you're going to tell me that we're trying to shut Christmas down, and a, it's the time that a Bethlehem star appears in the sky? Only happens once, you know, every 800 years, and this is it, and it's Monday. We've got to shut the... Somebody turn off that light! Put a mask on it. We've got too much. We're not supposed to be. No, we're not rejoicing. Are y'all see this? It's getting comical. It's getting like, like, they're just like, it's like the enemy is just rising up to say, we're going to do this. And then God just goes. They're like. I'm surprised they hadn't come up with some kind of way to try to unalign the stars or, you know. Tell us it's not really, there was a satellite. The space shuttle happened to be going by. It's not the stars. Ridiculousness. Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of the Democrats. I mean, the Talmud there. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. It's messed up on computer error. <laughs> it's computer glitches. They do it sometimes. They just. Yeah, a star marks it. A star is coming out to mark. According to Numbers 24 17, a star is coming out to mark. 
the deceptor is going to rise. Now, a scepter is an interesting thing because if you go look up the word scepter, it means it can mean a lot of different things. And, and as I got to looking at this and kind of studying and praying about a scepter, you know, I guess a scepter is kind of for it's category, it's categorically set up for whoever is using it. In other words, a king could have a scepter that's full of gold and, you know, all like this and, you know, big and whatever. That's his scepter because it's basically useless other than an ornament to look at. But then there, the shepherd had a scepter and his scepter would have been his staff, his shepherd's crook, right? Because a scepter can be a, a scepter can be a, it, there, there's no set to be a scepter. It has to be this tall, this long. This tall. No, no, no. There's nothing out there. A scepter is whoever, whatever you make. All right. But it means it can mean a reed. It can mean a rod. It can mean a staff. It can mean, you know, whatever. You remember again, back to um, Esther, you know, she couldn't go in unless the king so it doesn't say any specifications of what his scepter was, but it was something he had there. And if he pointed it towards her, then she got to come in. If he didn't, well, then she got killed. All right. So a, key, a scepter also represents authority. Right. It's, a, it's the staff of the king. It represents authority, it represents power. And it's saying that, that a star is going to arise, but a scepter is arising. Now hear me, don't listen, church. I say a scepter is rising at this time, and I'm going to show you what it is. Isaiah 14 gives us another little look at this. Isaiah 14, 3, it says, You shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrows and from your fear and from the hard bondage in which you were made to serve, that you will take upon this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has ceased... The golden city ceased. The Lord has broken the staff. That word right there could have been translated scepter. It's all the same word. Rod, staff, scepter. He's broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. Now, I want to tell you something. So if kings and righteous people have scepters, then wicked people have scepters too. Right? The rods of oppression. You all with me? You go look into any third world country that's run by dictatorship that is a wicked rule of oppression, a wicked rod that they use upon the people to break the people to become submissive. Good morning. Y'all here? Now I'll tell y'all something. I'm glad I preached to a bunch of rebels like y'all. I'm glad God, God called me to a rebel church. I heard a person stating they were asking, what could we do at this time to, you know, because we're not in some of these states that are in the middle of uh, uh, disputing the, uh, ballots and things of this nature. And what could we do? And the person said, well, you, you, can, you can practice civil disobedience. Be, we're not called to violence. We're not called to start a civil war. We're called to practice civil disobedience. And so... At every turn that you can, just be civil, but be disobedient. So I was listening to this thing. I think, what is he talking about? 
And so they said, well, tell us, what are you talking about? And he says, well, if they tell you you, can, you, you you can't have a party at your house, invite the neighborhood. If they tell you don't wear a mask or to wear a mask, then don't wear a mask. And I thought, I think we're already doing that here. And we didn't even know we were in disobedience, you know. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know. What? I'm supposed to wear a mask? I didn't know. But the enemy wants to put a rod of oppression on there. And I want to tell you all something going on. I'm just going to say it and y'all can just chew on it. Because I know you agree with me, and you're really just ready to shout amen or run to the truck and get your gun. Uh, some of you don't even have to run to the truck. Uh, but, but I want to tell you something. <clears throat> you know, I believe with all of my heart that right now they're trying to conform the world into submitting to their ways of authority. And it's called oppression. It's called the rod of wickedness. It is ridiculous. You know what? If it was a good thing, then why don't they do it? If it was a good thing to stay home, always wear a mask, don't go into public, then why, would, why aren't they doing it? How come they're still going out to parties? How come they're still going out to lunch? Oh, I guess because they know it doesn't work. They just want you to do it, but they don't have to do it. Man, that sounds a lot like communism to me. Because the communists won't just want to rule the people, but the party does whatever they want. I don't know what you talk about a, a, an oxymoron. Communist party. Come on over to our house. We're having a bad party. And they don't mean bad in the terms of good. That's what it is. So Psalms 45, 6. I want you to turn there for just a minute. Psalms 45, 6. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So the rod, the rod of God or the scepter of God is a rod of righteousness. Now, I've been preaching several messages on righteousness. This keeps boiling on the inside of me. I just love Jesus because he's righteous. I love the Bible because there is no one more fair and just than God. You say, well, I don't think so. You're wrong. You can just go read it. He is fair and he is just and there is no other way out of it. And his rulership is a rulership of righteousness. His rod is a rod of righteousness. It's straight. I preach that out of Ecclesiastes here whenever and about you. You're not going to get a bent rod and build something on it straight. Hello? Okay. A receptor of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Look at this. Because you're loving righteousness and hating wickedness, it says it should bring you joy. So hear me now. So then how come us rednecks keep getting irritated? We're like, man, somebody ought to go over there and put a whoop on them. I about had enough of them. I just going to put up it no more. How come if we're if we're righteous and wanting to be righteous and hating wickedness, it should be producing joy in us. And I'm telling I want to tell you this morning why. It's because you're trying to do your own righteousness. So therefore, it's bringing frustration and anger to you. You don't want your righteousness. You want his righteousness. You want Jesus to raise up his scepter over America. You don't want to raise up your scepter. Come on. A lot of people were saying, nah, let's get off that one. <clears throat> 
Righteousness should bring forth joy. So the very first time God moved with Jesus, he had a plan. He brought a baby into this world to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Okay? But the second time, let me show you what he's going to do now. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Back of the book, Revelation chapter 2, verse 25. Revelation 2, 25 says, But hold fast what you have till I come. Now, wait, stop right there. Just stop right there. See, folks, you guys are good Christian people. You love Jesus. Oh, we ain't doing everything right. We could clean up a lot. Can I have an amen? All of you know it. All of you, are, you know, we're not going to make it through the etiquette school of whatever. Okay. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right. But you, I, you people wouldn't be here this morning. Y'all wouldn't be tuned in this morning if your heart wasn't beating for Jesus and wanting to do things right. Because I don't think anybody's own to me and out there like, let's take notes and see if we can catch him. I mean, you know, they ain't messing with me. I ain't got a big enough voice yet. But it says here we're supposed to hold fast to what we got. And I'm telling you, folks, don't be giving up any ground right now. We're to stand strong and hold fast to what we got and not give an inch. Don't compromise. Don't get apathetic. Don't say, well, let them have a little bit. Maybe they'll be quiet. No. Hello? Are you with me? Don't give up. Don't give up. He says, hold fast what you have till I come. We as Christians are called to hold fast and to stand in the face of adversity and to stand up and say, no, we're not doing it anymore. We're not giving an inch. We're not giving up any of our freedom. We live in a nation where we were paid for it with the blood of people and the lives of soldiers, the lives of people have gone forth, and we're going to stand here and we're free and we're going to stay free. And he says, he who overcomes, that must mean some don't. I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to overcome. I'm still going to be swinging. I'm going to fight. If I don't have even an ounce of energy left on the inside of me, I'll throw rocks, I'll throw dirt in their eye. I'll do something. I'm not going to give up. My, he says, and he overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To him, I will give the power over nations. Now listen to me. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. That, that sounds pretty severe. A rod of iron. And they shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. As I also have received from my father, I will give to him the morning star. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus said, yeah, the first time I came on the earth and I, and I did everything, I came as a baby. But when I come back and what I'm about to do in America right now is I'm going to raise up my rod. I'm going to raise up my iron rod. I've about had enough. You boys are going to get right or you're going to get whacked with my rod of righteousness that is not going to bend. That it's straight, it's righteous and straight, and I'm going to put a whoop on you. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm not messing around. I'm coming back, and I want to tell you something. I believe God is about to make a big move. 
I believe God is about to rise up on the face of the earth. I believe wicked people are going to be are going to get incarcerated. I believe that people, I believe there's something that's about to happen that's going to blow the minds of everyone. I still believe with all of my heart that, that, that our president, who right now, there is no such, let me just tell you something. There's no such office as the office of the president-elect. There is no office. That's not an office. It is not in the Constitution. There's no provision made for the office of the president-elect. That is not an office. Do y'all understand that? That's like me getting up there and putting up there behind me and saying office of the pastor supreme. (laughs) There's nothing there. It doesn't mean anything. That really irritates me. Right now, the president of the United States of America is is Donald Trump. And he's going to remain as the president of this nation until the 16th or the 20th of January. Okay, in which time I believe that he will be elected a second time. I'm still standing on it. But I want to tell you, if you cast aside your faith and you stop praying three times a day and you stop calling out for God to come and to bring his rod of righteousness down and to do something, if you stop praying and you still say, well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to let some Democrats have some things. And then, you know, then they we, then next time it'll be. A problem. You start living like that. And you don't you don't hold up the rod of, of righteousness and you don't begin to say, no, 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 that is not going to happen. The rod of righteousness, the rod of correctness, the rod of straightness, the rod that of truth and justice is what's going to stand. And that's it. Amen. Then I want to tell you something. If we don't stop, if we don't start, if we don't continue to pray and you'd get that away, well, then I want to tell you something. You are going to lose. But I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to keep praying. I believe with all of my heart, our God, he is our president. And we were to uphold our president and pray for our president until he is no longer president. And I believe we got four more years to pray for him. But I believe God's going to move and I believe you better get ready. And I believe you better just hold on, hold on, because this time it's not going to come back as a little baby in a manger. This time it's coming back as a rod. I started to bring a pot up here and break it. You know, just. But then I thought I might get crazy, knock my iPad off or tear something up or lose the rod and fling it out and hit somebody in the head. He shall dash to be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. I, as I also have received from my father, I will give to him the morning star. Hebrews 1 and 8 says, but to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. How long is forever? Isn't forever forever? It's not a time period. God's throne is forever. Jesus set up when he became the king of kings and the Lord of lords, defeated death, hell, and the grave. When he went his 33 years on this earth and died and arose again, proving he was the son of God. When he arose up, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And that was forever. He's king forever. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Have you ever seen folks? Oh, there's... There's the judge over there. I pick on him for a minute. If I get stopped by the cops and I was speeding and I go into his court and I got a speeding ticket, unless, unless I can get the judge to give me some mercy, I am guilty, right? And it's his responsibility as a judge to make me pay my fine because he's a man who took an oath that said he was going to uphold the law. Hello? Wow, have you ever seen anything with the highest court in the land comes up and there's everything proven that there's injustice and there's something wrong? So, oh, we won't hear that. When that happened the other day, we're not talking Robert Richards brought a lawsuit. We're talking about the state of Texas.
taxes. No, we won't hear that. And I thought to myself, what in the world? I wonder what happens the next time a cop stops him and says, well, I'm not listening to that. They don't, no, I'm not. I can go as fast as I want to. Don't you talk to me like that. There's no law anymore. We're living under anarchy. I can do whatever I want to. <laughs> Drive off. See what happens. Going to need more than the judge over there to come get me out. Are y'all following what I'm saying here? You're talking about lawlessness. He says Jesus loved righteousness. He hated lawlessness. Folks, we can't put up with this. I'm I'm, whoa, I'm just stirring you this morning or trying to. I'm stirred up to get you to realize we cannot tolerate this and be Christians. But the rod of righteousness, I believe, is about to swing. And it's our job to pray for it. It's our job to pray, Lord, let your rod of right, righteousness swipe through this land. Lord, take it and swing it hard, Lord. Swing for the fence, Lord. Swing for the fence. Psalms 125.1. My last scripture or two. Or three. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. How can you're not going to be moved if you're just standing on the rock? So the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. This land was allotted to us as the righteous. We're going to uphold it. We always haven't done such a good job, but we're going to uphold it. And so therefore, the, the, the scepter of the wicked is not going to rest on the land allotted to us. That's a good scripture. Psalms 25, 1 through 3, to be praying on your three times a day. So that scepter of wickedness is not going to be on us. Psalms 23, 4. How about this one? Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for what? Oh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Not your righteousness. I'm not, I'm not saying things are wrong because Robert Richard says they're wrong. I'm saying things are wrong because the Bible says it's wrong. There's a big difference, folks. There's a big difference. This is not what Robert Richards thinks is proper and right. This is what the Word of God says. And Jesus is my Lord, and he is my king. And this is what he says is right and wrong, and so then therefore it is right and wrong, and I'm going to fight for it. And his rod then becomes my comfort. This thing's pretty brutal. This is a big old piece of 3 eighths rod I found. This thing would hurt if I hit you with it. It would hurt if I got hit with it. But I'd rather be the swingy. And to think about Jesus's rod of righteousness. It's all he's got to do. It's all he's got to do. I don't even believe he has to swing it real hard because his rod is so awesome. I believe all he's got to do is say, uh, Daddy, we've, we've had enough over here in America. Yeah. And you're going to see a change like you've never seen a change before. You're going to see awakening in America like you've never seen awakening in America before. You're going to see people coming to the Lord and getting saved left and right. You're going to see the wicked exposed. You're going to see people who are supposed to be prominent people doing good things for America being drug off and put in prison. Revelations 1.17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Now listen to me. If my God 
is my Jesus is swinging his rod of righteousness. And my Jesus is, is, is doing his work. And he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Then why am I even listening to anything else? Are y'all with me? Why am I even listening to anything else? Why am I even listening to the devil try to change my way of thinking in any form, fashion? Last scripture. What? Two more. I'm sorry. Colossians 2.12. We're going to wrap this up. It says, buried with him in baptism, when you have also been raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your trespasses and in circumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and having taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and power and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Now, wait a minute. If Jesus is holding the scepter of righteousness and you have died with Christ and you've been risen again and you are in him, wow, doesn't that mean that you're in him? And every time you stand up for righteousness, you're swinging? Doesn't that mean every time you stop and what backs you up? When you stay, you know, you're not, you're not telling your your thoughts, you're telling what the Word of God says, doesn't that mean that then you're in the rod? This is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to trust in God's plan. And I want you to find peace at this time. You should enjoy your Christmas. You should enjoy your time with your family. You should enjoy your, your fellowship and your, your giving gifts and your, your everything that you always do for Christmas. You should enjoy it. Don't give in to the oppression. Don't become apathetic. Don't give in to their tyranny. Don't give in to their oppression. Stand strong on the rock. And listen to me, you're going to prevail. Rejoice this Christmas that you are a Christian. Rejoice this, Christ, this Christmas that you know Jesus and your family knows Jesus and you, you're standing on the rock. And if you're standing on the rock, you're not going to be moved. And here's your last scripture, Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen says something that's just really comforting. It says, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it's a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them be fixed upon your lips so that, you may tr so that your trust may be in the Lord. And I have instructed you even this day. In other words, once we got it in our heart, we just put it on our lips and trust in him and don't worry about it. Amen. It's God's business of how he's going to work it all out. But I'm telling you, he's working it out. and It's going to be good. I'm telling you, man, we are going to see some good times ahead. I believe as crazy as it may seem. I believe we're going to have a great 2021. Because we're going to see many, many harvest of people. Now, you have to understand what does it mean to see something great and like God moving. I don't, I don't say that y'all may not be discomforted. I don't say that there may not be some, some crazy things going on in the world. But we're not talking about our comfort. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about plundering hell and populating heaven. Amen? Amen. So what I want you to do, I want you to stand up.
And can you get the praise team back up here and do that? Now, we are not having church Wednesday night. There's no services Wednesday night. We're going to do a little video deal. You can watch it online, but there's not going to be um, any services. I wanted to play John Wayne and Rio Bravo or something, but they wouldn't let me do it. But I want to bless you today. And I want you just to be, I want you to feel strong. Are you blessed today? Yeah. Amen. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be blessed. Today. I want you to go out of here with some joy in your heart. I want you to go and enjoy your Christmas with your families and just, just, just be encouraged right now. All right. And so I'm going to pray over you. Grab that person's hand beside you. As soon as I get through praying, you might be a couple of prayer 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 people, prayer prayer people. Come down to the front just if anybody needs prayer. But I want to bless you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, we are blessed. We are blessed because, Lord, you are a God who swings a rod of righteousness. An iron rod, Lord, one that doesn't bend. You cannot be bent because you are the God of truth. And we stand here today and we rejoice firmly, Lord, because we're believers in you. We trust in you, Jesus, that you are our Lord and Savior, that all the handwritten ordinances against us have been wiped away because, Lord, we believe and trust in you. And so I declare to Lord this day, I declare that we, this America is a blessed country. I declare that we have freedom in this land and we're going to continue to walk in freedom in this land. We are going to continue to have Christmases upon Christmases, Lord God. We're going to continue to celebrate the birth of Christ and Christ every day. I declare we will not be shut down. We will not be oppressed. We will not walk in tyranny. Because we're going to rise up today, Lord God. We will not be apathetic, but we're believing you. We're trusting you. And you said, Lord, we're standing on the rock. We will not be moved. So, Lord, bless America. Bless our president. Bless this land, Lord God. And I pray a rise in the midst and let our enemies be scattered, oh God. And we give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. God bless y'all. Have a Merry Christmas.